0: Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal
1: trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best
0: tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, welcome to the Keeping It 100 radio segment, Empowered Voices. I'm Valeria Garcia, certified health coach, type 1 diabetic, women's wellness coach and mentor, inside needles and spoons, and alumni of our signature program, Keeping It 100. Inside this segment, I hold space and interview individuals, leaders, and supporters from the T1D community to share their story, journey, experiences, and wisdom to empower, inspire, and share their light. To find these conversations live, join us inside the T1D Judgment-Free Zone Facebook group. Okay, welcome everyone to another episode of Empowered Voices. Today, I'm super excited to have one of our alumni class uh, clients. <laughs> said classmates. We were just talking about college. One of our alumni clients of Keeping It 100 join us to talk about her experience, where she was before, during the program, and where she is now thriving. Um, so she's going to talk a lot about just how she made her management her own and on her own terms, just navigating all of life, being a college student, um, being diagnosed when she was older. So this is going to be a really awesome conversation. So Meghna, feel free to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about you.
1: Yeah. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Meghna. I'm a senior at WashU right now. Uh, last semester, double majoring in economics and finance. And um, after college, I'll be going into consulting at Dallas. Super excited about that but um yeah i was i was diagnosed with type 1 my freshman year of high school so uh 2015 that seems like so long ago now um so just coming up like i on my 7 years at this point um but i yeah like when i was diagnosed i definitely like that was definitely a crazy experience i feel like it kind of came out of nowhere um, and I was very surprised because nobody in my family has type one. And up until honestly, like the week of my diagnosis, I was pretty healthy and I was a competitive swimmer and I just, I don't know, like it came out of nowhere. I was very surprised, um, and very overwhelmed. Um, and I think like, it's kind of been like that for a while, uh, which is why I was looking for like help outside of just like my endo appointments. And that's kind of how I came across keeping it 100. Awesome. Okay, so you were
0: in high school. What was like your first like symptom or like, how did that process go?
1: Yeah, I remember I like just noticed two or three weeks before my diagnosis that I was losing a lot of hair. and that was really strange for me because I've always had like really thick hair, um, and just like hair loss was never something that was a problem. Um so I remember like going to my PCP and uh, she was like, oh, like, I don't know, you might just be stressed. And uh, she ran like a few blood tests, but nothing conclusive came from that. So then like a week before um, my diagnosis, like I went back um, to the PCP and kind of same thing. Um, and a couple days later, like I started kind of feeling worse and I was like very tired all the time. I couldn't really sleep, um, frequent thirst. And I was just like, not feeling great. Um and my parents at the time thought I got the flu or something, so they took me back to my PCP and they ran a more um comprehensive test this time. And I remember like the day of my diagnosis, it was just it was like a Monday or something and we had an assembly like at school and I was like running late that morning and um my dad like was checking his phone when I came downstairs and he was like I have five missed calls from the hospital and I was just like, "Oh my god, like, what's going on? Like, what happened?" And we called them back and they were like, "You have to come to the hospital now. Your blood sugar was 468. Like, we we want to make sure that, you know, there's nothing like wrong with the test. Like, we have to retest you." And at that moment, like I don't like honestly, like I don't even know what I felt because I don't think I fully understood what that meant. Like I was like, "Oh, my blood sugar's 468. Like, what does that mean?" Like like, they're probably just going to give me some medication. Like I'll take it and then I'll feel better. And like, you know, everything will be back to normal. Like my concern at that moment was, Oh shoot. So I'm going to miss the assembly. Like it never, like, I, I wasn't even thinking about like what that number, like what that meant. And then I got to the hospital and they retested. And I remember like my parents like started like crying and I was, I was still very confused. I was like, what's going on here. Um, and the doctor was like explaining, she's like, okay, like, you're type one diabetic. And my first question that I asked, I still remember to this day, Oh, like what's the cure. And they were like, there is no cure, but you can manage it. And I think that was when it like finally hit me that my life was about to change in ways that I couldn't even imagine at that time. Because until then, like, you know, Oh, I have something like I've, I have a a problem. Like, but if I take medication, like it'll go away. You know, like I never anticipated this being like a, lifestyle change or like a big life change. And they were like, we have to admit you to the hospital. And I was like, admit like, Whoa, whoa," like what's like, what's going on. And that was kind of the moment that it finally started hitting me that, Oh, there's something like actually like seriously wrong with me. Like at the, like, and it's not just like a easy fix, like type of thing. So very overwhelming.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of getting chills listening to that because, I was 23 when I was diagnosed and like those same thoughts that were coming up for you were like the same for me. Yeah, It was like, wait, this is like that serious. And like, I was kind of downplaying it in my head like, Oh yeah, they're just going to give me medication and I'll just be like better in a week. Like my head was going there too, because you're right. We all often you get a rash or you get sick and then you take medication or you put a cream on and then you're kind of good to go. Mm -hmm. So I definitely had that. And I feel like when they told me, that it was forever. I was still like not processing. I was like blacking out. I was like, what, like, what do you mean? This is forever. And I think it's so hard still. I think like even into that first year to like fully understand that of like, I'm managing being sick because also I think those symptoms in the beginning, they're kind of subtle, right? Like it's like, Oh, I'm a little thirstier. I lost some extra hair. It's like, they're subtle things. Um, it doesn't feel like this big boom all at once. It's not, I mean, not for everyone, right? Like for some people it may, um, but it's so subtle. And then all of a sudden it hits you and you're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like you said, my whole lifestyle, the way I do things is going to change And like really slowly into that first year. You start to realize where it's truly impacting your life, right? Like friends going out, going to your swim meets exercise. Like it starts going into all these different parts of your life. Um, so kind of before keeping it 100, how was that? Like your relationship with diabetes managing at at like such a young age, you know, going right into college, like your next year, what was that like?
1: Yeah. So when I was first diagnosed, I was still um, competitively swimming and, but I stopped like within a year of like being diagnosed just because it was getting too overwhelming to manage just like going to practice. And then obviously, you know, you have to fuel your body if you're going to swim. And I just like trying to like eat those carbs, figuring out what, how to dose for them. And then like factoring in like, okay, like I'm, I'm about to go swim for like an hour. And then like, especially like right before swim meets, like it was just a lot to keep track of on top of this new diagnosis. So shortly after um, getting diagnosed, I, I stopped working out or I stopped swimming. And I feel like that was kind of like the first big I call it like a defining moment that like I had with diabetes because it was the first time that I had to give up something that I enjoyed because of this new condition in my life. And then slowly, like over the next few years, I like, there were more things that I thought like at the time that I had to give up. Um, so that would include like, my friends would be like, oh, like we're going to go get ice cream, like after school, like, do you want to come? And, I would always like try to find some excuse as to like why I couldn't make it like, oh, I have like too much homework or I I have an exam tomorrow, like something non-diabetes related. But always like when I'd I'd say no, like the reason would be because I was worried about what it would do to my blood sugars. Um, And I was kind of in that like restrictive mindset for the first two years of my diagnosis where I felt like I couldn't do anything I wanted to, if I wanted to stay in good health. But then after that, you know, that kind of mindset, it gets very tiring very quickly. Like that's not something that you can keep up for a long period of time. So then I went to the other extreme where I was like, okay, like, well, I tried like now at this point, like, I don't care. Like I want to start living my life, how I want to live it. And, um, if that is going to, if my diabetes and like, I'm going to stop, like my health is going to suffer like, oh, oh, well, like too bad. So I kind of flipped to the other side. And for two or three years, like I was on like that side where I was like, okay, like, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to check my blood sugars. Um, I want to go on vacation. I'm going to eat. Like, if I want to like, uh, do something, like I'm going to do it and I'm just not going to care like about my blood sugars. So I went into that phase. And then after a few years of that, you know, um, I, so that was kind of like my high school journey. And then when I started college, like freshman year, um, I, was like all my friends were super active and uh they all like ate pretty clean and everybody was on their like freshman year like grind and i was like okay well time to get my life back on track like i need to stop just being like doing whatever i want to do and i need to start like just getting back on track so then i went back into my restriction like phase where i was like okay no ice cream no concentrated like desserts even fruit i was like limiting um and I was like doing like cardio like every single day for like an hour and a half like 2 hours and I was like severely restricting like my calories um because and my carbs cuz I was just like oh well if I don't eat carbs then like I'm not going to spike um and it was just like all these all these like restrictive behaviors again and I hated like uh, like it just put so much pressure on me to always be perfect or to strive for like the perfect blood sugar um and that wasn't great, you know, on top of like navigating college, like moving away from home, like all of that. And then adding in this like whole new restrictive mindset, it just wasn't great. Um, and then after that, my junior year, I went abroad, like the second semester of my junior year so up, up until then I was restricting again. But then when I went abroad, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm done restricting now. Like I'm abroad, I'm in Europe. Like I'm not going to just not try new food or like, I'm not going to not go on this hike because I'm worried about what it's going to do to my blood sugar. So whatever. And I switched back to the ignoring. And then now this year, like the first semester, I was like, okay, you know, abroad is over back on my, back on my restrictions. And I think like just this constant shifting between the restriction to like completely not paying attention to back to restriction. Like all of that just put a lot of pressure and a lot of stress. Like I was just putting so much stress on myself. And a few weeks before, like I joined, um, keeping it 100, I was in one of those like cycles where I was doing everything right. Like I was working out, I was eating super clean, but my blood sugars still were like going up and down. Like I'd have like 200 and then I'd correct it and I'd be like 60 and then I would correct the low and then it would go back up and just a constant spiraling. And I felt like diabetes was taking up so much of my mental energy every day. Like I couldn't even be in class without checking my CGM, like making sure I wasn't going low or wasn't going high. And I was just so tired. I, I just couldn't do it. And I was at the point where I was about to just turn that switch back off and just go back into my I don't care phase Um, when I saw Lissy's TikTok actually (laughs) pop up um, on on like a random night. And she was just like in the TikTok, she was going on about like how um, a lot of diabetics feel like they're doing everything right, but their blood sugars aren't like responding like the way they should be. And then she was talking about her own journey and like how, um, now she's at the point where she can do like what she wants to do comfortably and live a restriction-free life, but still maintain an A1C like under six. And I was just like, Whoa, like, girl, how are you doing that? Because I need to be doing that. Um, because whatever I'm doing isn't working. So I reached out to her on Instagram and then that's kind of how I like found out about keeping it 100. And yeah, that's, that's how I ended up like in the program.
0: Yeah. I, I love that. I didn't know what TikTok it was, but you know, just like reflecting on that, like, Mm -hmm. I think you're so right. Like sometimes it's just like these two extremes, right? You're like all in or you're not in right. Like that all or nothing mentality. And I think that a lot of that really comes from like when we're diagnosed, right. They tell you like what things are good and bad. And it's this constant, like two category thing. Like if you do all this, you're being good. If you're doing all this, you're being bad. And it's like, it's just not realistic to live that way. Right. Cause everyone's comfortable spot is going to look different. When we make our mind think that way. It's so harsh. Right. Cause like you said, you're swinging and talking to yourself in these two extremes and it's like, okay, there has to be some flexibility. Like, how can I enjoy, but still meet goals that I have? So I can totally relate to that. And I feel like it's really easy to get into that restrictive mindset too, because we're really taught to be like fearful, right. Of like certain foods of certain activities, like everything is very fear-based. And I feel like it kind of seeps into other areas of our life and it just like overlaps. So I'm really proud of you for being able to kind of jump out of that and be open to other perspectives and like other ways to managing, because a lot of these conversations aren't talked about, or a lot of ways that, you know, in keeping it 100, how we strategize and teach you things like A lot of that, I also didn't learn until three years into my diagnosis. You know, I was also on that pendulum of like extreme, extreme, extreme. And I was like, this is exhausting. It's not sustainable. And I just don't want to live my life like this. Like it's too chaotic and it's just all consuming. So I love that you found the TikTok and you found us because it has been such a fun journey to work with you. So tell us a little bit about like what you did specifically or what you focused on most coming into this program or even some of like your biggest accomplishments now that you've gone through the 10 week program, your post program. So how how was that?
1: Yeah. So I think coming into this program. Um, So after I found out that it was like a 10 week program, I was like, okay, like what's like a realistic goal I can have for myself in 10 weeks? Because, you know, I mean, living with diabetes for like seven years, like 10 weeks, like seemed like nothing. Like that was such a short amount of time. Um, It's like, it's shorter than like one semester. So it's like, I was like, okay, what's a realistic goal, like going into this? And my main goal was to figure out how to stop this like up and down blood sugar cycles I was having where I would be like, I would eat something, I'd be 200. And then I would correct it and then I'd be 60. And then I would eat something and I'd be back to 200. Like, I just wanted to get rid of that in my like day-to-day life so that I could like focus better in class or like, I could like be out somewhere and not be worried about, am I going low? Am I going high? Like, I just wanted to have that stability in my blood sugars. And I remember like even telling Lissy, like, When I was on that first onboarding like call, I was like, honestly, like if my blood sugar stayed stable at like 170, that would be better than me going down to like 60 and like 220 just constantly throughout the day. Like even though 170 is like higher than what I would want it to be, I just wanted that stability. So that was my, my, honestly, my only goal, like going into these 10 weeks, like realistically, I was like, that's, that's what I want from this program. I am happy to say that I got so much more out of the program. Um, You know, I, I obviously like, I learned how to better manage and I learned tools that kind of helped me get out of that up and down cycle. But then beyond that, I think my biggest like accomplishment out coming out of that program was with my mindset shift. Um, Because before the program, like if I had a bad day where my blood sugars were just higher than normal, despite me doing like everything right. Like that day, I would be pretty harsh on myself. Like I'd be like, okay, like you could have done something better. Like this is your fault. The reason your blood sugar is high is because you didn't like walk before you ate lunch or you didn't like drink enough water or you ate too many carbs. Like I would always find a way to blame myself. Um, which I think is kind of the reason that I would switch between those two extremes of either being the perfect diabetic, which, you know, that's, everybody knows that doesn't exist. Um, and then, or being like a bad diabetic who like didn't care about, um, like my diabetes. So that was kind of the mindset that I was in. And I was also in that, like, it has to be like all or nothing, like kind of mindset. Like I didn't ever think that I would get to the point where I could live a restriction-free life and have a good A1C. Like I always thought those were mutually exclusive. Um, But after going through this program, I think my mindset on both of those things has shifted. I'm like, at this point, I now have like a better A1C than I did when I was first entering the program. But I also have more flexibility um, within my day. And I view like new opportunities and new experiences with excitement rather than like fear of what it'll do to my blood sugars and i think that has honestly been so freeing um to not like constantly just be thinking about the blood sugar part of it and then the other thing um i think with like mindset is for example like today i had like a bad day so i woke up this morning and my blood sugar was at like 170 it was like already high and i I woke up, I drank a glass of water and then I like moved around a bit. I pre-bolused and then I ate like my breakfast, which was pretty balanced. It was, you know, protein, fat fiber, like everything was in there. And I, um, like spiked pretty quickly after breakfast, despite the pre-bolus, the hydration, the movement, despite all that I spiked. And I mean, and then I had to go to class and I was sitting like throughout class. And then I went to the gym like afterwards and I started dropping pretty low, like very quickly um, into my workout. And like, then I ended up going home eating and then I spiked again. It was just, it was a weird day. And I think it's like partly because of like midterm stress and like hormonal changes, like other things that are causing my blood sugars to like go higher. If this was me, like before the program, I think I would have been like, okay, well you obviously, you know, you should have pre-bolus longer. You should have drank more water. You should have like walked around before class or no, you shouldn't have even eaten before class. You should have just waited to eat um, until you were like about to go to the gym. I would have found a way to blame myself um, no matter how like unrealistic or stupid that blame was. But now like today, I mean, obviously I didn't like that. I was going high. I didn't like that. I was going low in the middle of my workout, super frustrating um, and very annoying. But my first thought wasn't, Oh, this is your fault. This is, my first thought was, okay, well, you've done everything that you can do. Like you've put in everything that you can put in. Um, and I mean, you had to eat before class. You can just go to class like on an empty stomach and then expect to do well. So I, instead of like blaming myself, I was like, like almost like congratulating myself for like the things that I was doing well. And I was like reminding myself that, you know, I did the best I could. And this was just a weird day. And there were other factors impacting my blood sugars. And honestly, I never thought I'd get there. So that was like one of the biggest, I think one of my biggest accomplishments like coming out of the program.
0: Oh my gosh. I love to hear that. I have chills. Um, I think, yeah, you're right. Like there are going to be days where blood sugars are out of range, but I love to say that like the pillar of like having a strong mindset and having that inner dialogue that is positive or that can at least celebrate moments or give you permission to still do things that you want to do. I think that's such a powerful piece. And yes, I always like think about our first call together. We were talking about the program and you told me, you're like, I don't know, in 10 weeks, like, I don't know if my mindset, like I've had this mindset for years. And I was like, all right, let's just see. And it was really awesome to see you go through this program amongst still having a crazy schedule, a busy schedule, being a college student, navigating all of that but still being able to do things like we said like on your own terms right like taking the pace that felt good for you and it was really awesome to just see you become your own coach and be able to ask yourselves those right questions but also celebrate yourself for things because yes maybe we're not celebrating a number today but we're celebrating your mindset today because that's huge and that piece I think is the prettiest, beautiful piece of like having that empowerment in your management. So I loved hearing that. And I love that you shared that. I also am having a day like that where I'm like, meh, you know, I did all I could. I drank the water. I tried to move, you know, I did, I tried to add in some fiber, but Hey, sometimes we have days where we are out of range and it's okay. I mean, we are type one diabetics. This is kind of our life, but I love that we can like lean on that piece to be like, it's not the end of the world. I'm doing the best with what I can. And tomorrow's like a new day or the next hour is a new hour, you know? Sometimes we have to take it like minute to minute, hour to hour, whatever it takes or meal to meal. So I love that. And I know there was so much we could celebrate. I mean, there was so many, you know, your relationship with exercise, adding a new movement, doing things and being able to talk through that, I think is another full, another powerful piece, just as women, right? To talk about our bodies, how we work out and move our bodies. So that was really awesome to see as well. Um, so now we're kind of like post coaching. So you gave us a story about today, but how are you feeling now that it's been, has it been a full month? Have we been a full month since you graduated now?
1: <laughs> I think I think we have. Yeah. It's been a month, you know, I mean, like I miss the calls, like the weekly calls from the program. I think that was my favorite part. Um, because I mean, I don't really, I don't have any other diabetic friends. I don't know anybody else, um, outside of this program really, that's like type one diabetic. So like when I like met you guys and like, you could, you could like relate not only kind of, cause I, I have great friends. I have an amazing support system. And whenever I complain to them about my diabetes, they're always there. And they're very like understanding, like they listen, they empathize, but they don't really like get it because they're not diabetic themselves. So like being on those calls and hearing about, um, similar experiences that you guys have had in, in your like day-to-day life or like For example, today, my pod fell off after my workout and I was like, oh, great. Like, come on. Like, really? And I texted my roommate like a picture of my pod and I was like, look what happened like at the gym. And she was like, oh, this is so annoying, whatever. But hearing about like you guys have similar experiences was it was honestly it made me feel like I was part of a community um, and that I wasn't like going through this alone um, not that I didn't know that there were other type one diabetics out there, but it's different when you like get to talk to other type one diabetics. Um, so the calls were definitely like the, a favorite part of the program for me. Um, so it's been like, you know, I've, I've definitely missed the calls. Uh, but yeah, honestly, I think the biggest takeaway that I've had, like the mindset shift, it's still going strong. It's honestly, it's getting like better every day. I have a trip coming up for spring break to Cabo uh, that I'm super excited about. And I think if this was like pre-programmed Meganette, I would have been like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to navigate this trip? But then now I'm just like, oh, like what outfits should I buy? Like, what? you know, I'm like very excited.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. I know we miss you on the calls too. I think it's always so hard for us because, yes, we are a community and we're on there live. It's so nice to just like share a piece of our lives with, you know, friends in a community. So I'm glad that you enjoyed that and you always have us. Um, And yeah, I think it was really awesome as well. Like, I forget you went on a big trip during the middle of the program. Yeah. And that was a big goal of yours too, because you do love to travel and you love to try new experiences and new adventures. And I think that was such perfect timing where you got to like use all these tools. You had your strong mindset to go into that travel. And honestly, you like totally like were on your own. Like I thought you'd be like asking us questions and you were like, no, I'm good. I was like, good for you. I was so happy. And I think, yes, those experiences just amplify. Like I got this and I can do this. And I always have my foundations to lean on. And so that's really what we want, right? Like you go through this program and all the things you're learning, you can use them anytime for any time in your life. And you can go back and work on things or add new things in. So now that you're kind of post, what advice would you have for anyone, either listening, anyone that's newly diagnosed, anyone who's like diagnosed as a college student, any kind of advice or tips, words of wisdom, anything that you want to share, this is your time.
1: (laughs) yeah I think, um I'm just thinking back to like my pre-programmed mindset and like why I used to like always blame myself despite like me doing everything right. and I think it wasn't like I was never the problem, right like me like I did the best I could in like whatever situation I was like in and like what I was doing wasn't working for me because I just didn't have the right tools to support like my lifestyle and like the decisions that I was making at that given time. And so I think it was like more of a strategy problem than a me problem. And I think like, that's what this program really helped me do. Like it helped me come up with a strategy for me because when I was first diagnosed, you know, I was given a one size fits all strategy. And I think everybody's kind of given that one size fits all strategy because the reality is like, I mean, like endocrinologists, like healthcare in general, like there's just not enough time or like enough resources for the endocrinologist to to sit down with you for like a 10 week period, like track every single thing that's going on in your life, like help you figure out like, a specific plan that works exactly for you based off of your lifestyle, there's just not enough time and enough resources for that. So instead what ends up happening is, you know, you get diagnosed, you get put on insulin. Yeah. You get told, okay, watch your carbs, limit your carbs, go on a low carb diet. Uh, like make sure that you're walking after every single meal. Um, like take your insulin, like insulin is what's going to help you bring your blood sugar down. Like you're given a very, basic framework that kind of like hits the main points, but doesn't really do anything like beyond that. Um, And I think that is like the reason that a lot of people years into their diagnosis still struggle to find like exactly like what they're doing wrong, because it's just like, you've never really found like a correct plan for you. So you kind of just follow that basic plan and expect things to kind of just work in general. But just like, you know, everybody has different studying styles, everybody has different preferences in life, everybody has like a different strategy that would work for them. And it's just like, you just have to get figure that out. And I think this program kind of helps fill that gap that kind of exists between newly diagnosed diabetics and um, just like the healthcare industry in general. Um, so I think if, you know, if you're feeling like you've had diabetes for a really long time, but you still don't know why the, like, why you're do what you're doing, isn't working for you. If, especially if you're like doing the same thing every day, but you're not getting the same results every day. I think this program is like a really good, good fit.
0: Yeah. I couldn't have said that better. Uh, you're hundred percent correct. Yeah. I think, like you said, very oversimplified. The framework doesn't fit everyone because it's not individualized. And like you right. said, we're all individuals. We're at different ages. Our bodies are, hormones are different, right? At all these different ages. And the tools that may have worked in like 1992 may not be the tools that we have access to today. Yeah. So, yeah, the way that we approach um has to really truly fit who we are and our lifestyle. And I love that that's where you're at. And that's like the ownership that you have. Because I think it's so much more empowering when you can like look at your data or look at your patterns, look at your decisions and be like, oh, I know this is coming from my behaviors or, oh, maybe I need to look at my baselines versus we go into an appointment and it's like a snapshot in time. They're like, oh, what happened here? And I'm like, I don't know. That was like a month ago, you know, like it's hard to, to truly have those conversations that break things down. So that next time you go into that situation or that meal, you have that confidence. So I love that. And I think you, I couldn't have said that better. I think that was beautiful. Yeah. There's just this like gap and, um, the only way to fill it is really finding what works for you, your body and your lifestyle. So I love that. Um, anything else that you'd want to
1: share before we, uh, say our goodbyes sadly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just to like kind of. I guess like re-emphasize where I used to be versus like where I am now. Like before the program, I was restricting calories. I was restricting carbs. I'd go into exercises, like really worried. I'd, I'd either go in very high or very low into like my exercises. And I didn't really know like how to balance like everything, but now I'm at the point where like, I go lift weights for like an hour and a half. And then I do 30 minutes of cardio afterwards. And I'm still stable like this morning, like, um, the, this morning was like weird, but like in general, like I have a plan and a strategy in place for what to do to make sure that I don't go low or go high, like during my workouts. And I mean, I eat like 200 carbs a day now, and I feel good about that. And I feel like I can support that. And I don't feel guilty. I don't feel bad. I don't feel like a bad diabetic for eating my 200 carbs a day. Whereas like in the past, you know, if I went and I got my A1C and it was a high A1C, I feel like the advice that my doctor or that my endo would give me would be, okay, well go on like a eat lower, eat a lower number of carbs or like up your insulin or like something like that. Whereas now I'm at the point where I can comfortably eat 200 carbs a day and still have the A1C that I like and that I'm proud of. So it's just like, it is possible. Like you're just because you're not at the point that you like want to be right now. doesn't mean you're never going to like get there. It just means you need the tools and like resources to be able to get there. So it's just like, if, you know, people listening, like if you're like beating yourself up about doing everything right, but still not having the lifestyle that you like want to have, like it's not your fault. It's just it's a poorly designed system unfortunately and there is that very big gap and a one size fits all is that's not the correct answer to to like this condition. So I just think like you know don't be so hard on yourself and just like know that it does get it does get better and like you can have like a restriction free life and a good a1c. Love it. Crying, just crying. <laughs> yeah, and I mean,
0: just like hearing you say that too just makes me think like what a lazy answer, right? Like yeah. you go in and they're just like their response is like eat less carbs. It's like right. what? That just seems so easy on their end to be like, "Oh, just eat less food." You're like, "Okay, but then I'm going to be hungry and yeah. maybe my blood sugars are good, but I don't feel good. I don't feel fueled. I don't feel energized." Right. Um yeah, and wouldn't it be such a different story if they instead of that response we got like hey these are things you could do for next time um but that's not always the case. Yes there are some you know endos that might break that down or might have time like that. Um but till then we are happy to be here and help support you with those strategies help you feel empowered, confident, find more of that predictability so that you just like Megna can become your own coach in your management and I mean look at her she's leading this podcast She knows what she's talking about. She feels good. And honestly, that's the goal is for you to feel empowered in whatever you're doing so that you can fully live your life and be the person you've always wanted to be. Um, So I'm happy that you're there. You're getting close to graduating. You have so much ahead. Um, So I think you really found this program at such a nice time. And honestly, it was an honor for all of us to support you. And we loved having you on the calls. Best energy. So fun. And you asked really good questions all of the time. And that's awesome too, to just have a space where you can do that. So again, we are so grateful for you to share, honestly, your journey and your experiences and where you're at. And yeah, we're always here for it and always here to cheer you on and celebrate all this goodness that's happening.
1: Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was, it was so much fun being in the program. Oh, well, awesome. Well, enjoy your
0: weekend and you always have your Keep No 100 family. And yeah, anyone who maybe wants to chat with her about college or how she's been navigating, I'm sure you'd be open to that. You're always so friendly and loving. So if you have any questions for her, we'll maybe link your Instagram into the show notes so you guys can find her and connect. All
1: right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye.